move forward. Keep moving forward. Don't get in your head. Don't get down on yourself. Very easy to do. Self-wallow, self-pity. Life is too short and too precious to waste time. You're here to be a man for others, Marky. Get out of your head and into the world. Keep moving forward. From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's Podcast Sunday Series, a show that highlights weekly reflections from Old St. Patrick's Church. Here at Old St. Pat's, we have a custom to invite different parishioners to provide a special reflection on Father's Day. So this past Sunday, we welcomed Mark Piankos, a 15-year parishioner, to share his take on what it means to be a father and father figure in our world today. So like Padre said, my name is Mark Piankos. I've been a parishioner here at Old St. Pat's for 15 years. And I'm very privileged to, uh, to speak with you today on this day, it's a beautiful day, Father's Day. And I've been invited to reflect on this topic, offering a perspective on it, as well as the readings and how they intertwine with that perspective. Certainly, dad's role is different from mom's, whose role, in my mind, is so infinitely superior to ours in so many respects, just given the glory, the wisdom, and the power, and the relationship derived from just being a mother. It's difficult to find equity, quite honestly. Um, so this is a very humbling moment for me. So I've been asking for the Blessed Mother's intercession here. Um, but in my reflection on this, dads do have a role. And I've had five, five tangible experiences with it. Many of you can relate to some or all of them, perhaps. First, as the son or the daughter of God, the father. Second, as son or daughter to a father or a father-in-law. Third, as a godfather, in my case, to two godsons and two goddaughters. And lastly, as a brother of three brothers and a brother-in-law who collectively are fathers to 11 children, a 12th and 13th on the way. And how each of these experiences impact and inform my approach to being a dad and maybe perhaps all of these types of experiences impact yours as well. With the time today, I just want to focus on the two experiences with God the Father and my own dad. My dad, I've got a lot to say, but I'm going to narrow the scope. He's from the south side of Chicago, born to parents that grew up in the Depression. My grandfather, nor my grandmother, never graduated from high school. They worked all of their lives, but despite their lack of education, they valued it. They pushed my dad to get educated. My father attended Quigley Seminary High School one year ahead of actually Father Cusick, and it was kind of an interesting thing to see the two of them connect at Broadway and Adams last month uh, for the first time, obviously, in many years. In any case, he went on ultimately to receive his doctoral degree and a PhD in political science, Eastern European studies, Russian studies, actually, from the University of Madison, and was a professor at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee for 44 years, still teaches classes today. And a quick story, I remember there'd be times growing up in Milwaukee where I'd run into someone, a waiter at a restaurant, customer looking to deposit a ca cash at the bank where I was a teller. They recognized my name. They would, say, ask, they would ask, are you related to Professor Donald Piankos? They would say. And I'd say, yes. And they'd say, you know, your dad, he is the best teacher I've ever had. I may not be good at school or even like it very much, but I get myself up in the morning just to hear the man speak. So many informative perspectives to share, so many frameworks to help with my understanding. So from that, I was obviously very proud to be one of my dad's four sons. But as a professor, 
he, and by the way, my mother, also a professor, they met while attending University of Wisconsin, they presented to us many experiences in an education growing up that formed us. And as educators, they offered parameters, frameworks on how to view life, how to approach it. First of all, the main idea. Main idea. We all come from God. We all hopefully go back to God. It's about what we do here and now. This 40-year or however many year sojourn crossing the desert that determines whether or not we're invited or even want to be invited into the promised land, into the kingdom. That's the main idea. Secondly, my dad, the professor, offers very practical traits and tactics for navigating in the desert, which align with our Judeo-Christian principles. The commandments, obviously, the Beatitudes, the golden rule, Jesus' greatest commandment. But as a person walking in the footsteps of my father, learning from his example, I've learned by his word and example this formula, the traits, and there are four of them. Again, this framework, this is what professors do, offering frameworks, four items, consisting of one do, three don'ts. One, PMA. Do possess a positive mental attitude. And three don'ts. Don't be lazy, ignorant, or arrogant. Framework of traits. Secondly, tactics. One thing to have traits, the big ideas, but how do you execute? Practical tactics. Number one, move forward. Keep moving forward. Don't get in your head. Don't get down on yourself. Very easy to do. Self-wallow, self-pity. Life is too short and too precious to waste time. You're here to be a man for others, Marky. Get out of your head and into the world. Keep moving forward. Secondly, daily rigor. Morning and evening prayer. Prayers of thanksgiving before meals, prayers of their sins and indiscretions, participating in the Eucharist. Point being, not esoteric, not once in a while, but every day, all the time. Number three, family. You may have heard the expression of the Godfather, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Mario Puzo got that wrong. It's keep your friends close, but your family closer. This generation, my brothers and I, we make time for each other. We plan out our birthdays, our holidays, our ball games. We, the four of us, just had our Father's Day weekend, golf and great meals and everything. But then there's more than just that. There's the broader family, previous generations. We tell the stories of our family. We keep it alive and real, our history. We know the history of our family. We go back to Poland multiple times. We've seen where our family comes from. The cemetery filled with generations of Piankos is going back hundreds of years. My great-grandfather, Valenti, came to this country in April 1912 knowing he needed to get out of there to escape a probable future, fighting and probably dying in the Russian army as the winds of the First World War were swirling. And this brings me to my next tactic, my final tactic. Valenti was able to come to America. He found opportunity to live life, give life. And so the final tactic, to cherish, protect, and pass along our inheritance. He did that. He passed it to my grandfather, my grandfather to my father, provided the greatest gift and inheritance that can be provided. And I've received it. And now I seek to provide what has been protected for generations on my father's side and also, by the way, my mother's side, the greatest of all inheritance, which is our Catholic faith. This is what my father, the professor, has exemplified and offered to me. This framework, specific traits and tactics that pervade my life and align like 
kind of like a Venn diagram or concentric circles in the way that I view my faith. Today we celebrate the solemnity of Corpus Christi, the body of Christ. There are many mysteries our Catholic Church presents to us. There's the sacred mysteries, many sacred mysteries. Obviously, the one we celebrated is paramount. It's from the last, last week. It's the sacred mystery of the Holy Trinity, the mystery of the cross, death, atonement as penance for our sins. How does that work? Jesus' resurrection, paraphrasing St. Paul, our faith is in vain if that didn't happen. And then there's this one, Corpus Christi. Pope John Paul, St. Pope John Paul II wrote in his encyclical Ecclesia de Eucharistia that the Eucharist, as Christ's saving presence in the community of the faithful and its spiritual food, is the most precious possession within the church that it can have in order in its journey through history. End quote. It is the true food and drink. The real manna come down from heaven to not only sustain us on the journey, but connect us to where we're heading. The body and blood of Christ, as Vatican II says, is the source and summit of our faith. So today, we read of Melchizedek. Who is this Melchizedek, this priest, this king of Salem, Jerusalem, who offers bread and wine to Enabram, who then proceeds to give Melchizedek a tenth of all he has? Not much is really known in this character other than those facts. Sort of comes out of the blue. Until that is hundreds of years later when a psalmist, who tradition has indicated as David, also, by the way, a king of Jerusalem, writes in Psalm 110 that the Lord, who is a priest in the order of Melchizedek, will, in the future, come to judge the nations. Speaking of Jesus. And as such a priest in the letter of St. Paul today, from St. Paul today, Paul writes that Jesus offers up bread and wine. In this case, though, striking a new covenant with us in his body and his blood. The question for us today and every day is will we participate, will we take it, this Eucharist? We're all invited to the table without question, without judgment on who we are and what we've done. But will will we accept what Jesus does for us? Will we agree with and align with his new covenant? Will we like what's served and all it entails? On one hand, all the laws and stricture, as Jesus says, he doesn't come to replace the laws and the prophets. He came to fulfill them. And the laws are difficult. That's why many are called and few are chosen. That's one way to look at it. Another way comes from the gospel today. The feeding of the multitude. People participate in the Lord's work by offering what they have. A few loaves and some fish. Just like what we offer in our life. Symbolically in the offering here at Mass that we'll be doing in a little bit. But practically in all we do as we build the kingdom here on earth. Jesus takes what they offer. Jesus takes what we offer. Jesus blesses the bread, transforms it. And all are fed. An abundance remains. So much love. And with it, with Jesus' love, the burden is easy. The yoke is light. The questions remain. Will we participate in this Eucharist? We celebrate it, this mystery, Corpus Christi. Do we accept it? Do we believe it? Do we allow it to sustain us through this journey? Do we allow, do we allow it to transform us? We say we do. The, this is the body of Christ. 
Amen, meaning truly, verily. Pope John Paul wrote on this as well, quote, in the presence of this mystery, reason experiences its limits. The heart, enlightened by the grace of the Holy Spirit, clearly sees the response that is demanded and bows low in adoration and unbounded love, end quote. I say, yes, my Lord, give us this day our daily bread. The source and summit of our faith, we commemorate it today. So let's positively, PMA, fervently, not lazily, knowingly, not ignorantly, humbly, not arrogantly, move forward. Don't count yourself unworthy to take this day our daily bread, the daily rigor. Let's do this as one family under God and cherish this sacred mystery, which is our inheritance. We thankfully accept it. We pass it to our children. Thank you, Dad, Mom. Happy Father's Day. Time now for announcements and events. This coming Sunday, June 26th at the 9 a.m. Mass, we'll be celebrating Father Ken Simpson's time here at Old St. Pat's and bidding him farewell with grateful hearts. Then on July 3rd at 9 a.m., Father Pat McGrath begins as pastor of Old St. Pat's. And on July 31st, Cardinal Supich will hold the installation of Father McGrath as pastor at the 11 a.m. Mass, followed by brunch on the block. Are you a young adult in the Chicago area who is passionate about climate justice? Or maybe you're curious to learn more about how you can be involved in the fight to stop climate change and shield vulnerable communities from its impacts. Are you interested in meeting other young adults interested in caring for our common home? Then join the Catholic Climate Covenant and OSP Encounter for a creation-inspired prayer service and happy hour this Wednesday, June 22nd. Weather allowing this event will take place outside. Meet other young adults in the Chicago area. Learn about local climate action efforts and find out how you can stay involved with Catholic Climate Covenant's young adult community. For all the details, please visit bit.ly slash catholicclimatecovenant. And then please join us on Saturday, August 20th, as we gather in love and positivity for our third annual Street Love Ride. Meet in the boulevard across from St. Agatha Church for a community expo with music, snacks, and activities from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m., followed by a Street Love Ride, a nine-mile bicycle ride through Chicago's west side. Feel Chicago love like you've never experienced and help spread some love on the west side. To learn more, visit streetlove2022.eventbrite.com. Thank you for listening to today's episode. The special Father's Day reflection was originally given at the 5 p.m. Mass on Sunday, June 19th by Mark Piankos. For more information about all resources available, visit our website at oldstpats.org. To stay up to date with new episodes, please follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the Old St. Pat's app. Find us on Twitter at Old St. Pat's and on Instagram at Old St. Pat's Chicago. You've been listening to the Old St. Pat's Podcast.